0: Chapter One of Love Insurance by Earl Durbiggers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Ferrard. Love Insurance by Earl Durbiggers. Chapter One A Sporting Proposition. Outside a gilt-lettered door on the seventeenth floor of a new york office building a tall young man in a fur-lined coat stood shivering why did he shiver in that coat he shivered because he was fussed poor chap because he was rattled from the soles of his custom-made boots to the apex of his piccadilly hat a painful palpitating spectacle he stood meanwhile on the other side of the door the business of the american branch of that famous marine insurance firm lloyds of london usually termed in magazine articles the greatest gambling institution in the world went on oblivious to the shiverer who approached the shiverer with a nervous movement shifted his walking stick to his left hand and laid his right on the doorknob though he is not at his best let us take a look at him tall as has been noted perfectly garbed after london's taste mild and blue as to eye blonde as to hair a handsome if somewhat weak face very distinguished even aristocratic in appearance perhaps the thrill for us democrats here of the nobility and at this moment sadly in need of a generous dose of that courage that abounds see any book of familiar quotations on the playing fields of eden Utterly destitute of the Eaton or any other brand, he pushed open the door. The click of two dozen American typewriters smote upon his hearing. An office boy of the dominant New York race demanded in loud, indiscreet tones, "His business there?" "My business," said the tall young man weakly, "is with Lloyd's of London." The boy wandered off down that stenographer-bordered lane. In a moment he was back. Mr Thacker'll see him, he announced. He followed the boy, did the tall young man. His courage began to return. Why not? One of his ancestors, graduate of those playing fields, had fought at Waterloo. Mr Thacker sat in plump and genial prosperity before a polished laptop desk. Opposite him, at a desk equally polished, sat an even more polished young American of capable bearing. For an embarrassed moment, the tall youth in fur stood looking from one to the other. Then Mr. Thacker spoke. You have business with the Lloyds? The tall young man blushed. I, I hope to have. Yes. There was in his speech that faint suggestion of a list that marks many of the well-born of his race. Perhaps it is the golden spoon in their mouths, interfering a bit with their diction. What can we do for you? mr thacker was cold and matter-of-fact like a card index steadily through each week he grew more business-like and this was saturday morning the visitor performed a shaky but remarkable juggling feat with his walking-stick i-well i he stammered oh come come thought mr thacker impatiently Well said the tall young man desperately perhaps it would be best for me to make myself known at once i am allan lord harrowby son and heir of james nelson harrowby earl of raybrook and i-i have come here the younger of the americans spoke in more kindly fashion you have a proposition to make to lloyds said lord harrowby and sank with a sigh of relief into a chair as though that concluded his portion of the entertainment let's hear it boomed the relentless factor lord harrowby writhed in his chair i am sure you will pardon me he said if i preface my er uh, proposition with the statement that it is utterly fantastic and if i add also that it should be known to the fewest possible number mr thacker waved his hand across the gleaming surfaces of two desks this is my assistant manager mr richard minot he announced mr minot you must know is in on all the secrets of the firm now let's have it i am right am i not his lordship continued in the assumption that lloyds frequently takes rather unusual risks lloyds answered mr thacker is chiefly concerned with the fortunes of those who go down to and sometimes down into the sea in ships however there are a number of non-marine underwriters connected with lloyd's and these men have been known to risk their money on pretty giddy chances it's all done in the name of lloyd's though the firm is not financially responsible lord harrowby got quickly to his feet then it would be better he said relieved for me to take my proposition to one of these non-marine underwriters mr thacker frowned curiosity agitated his bosom you'd have to go to london to do that he remarked better give us an inkling of what's on your mind his lordship tapped uneasily at the base of mr thacker's desk with his stick if you will pardon me i'd rather not he said oh very well sighed mr thacker how about owen Jeffson? asked mr minot suddenly overjoyed mr thacker started up by gad i forgot about jephson sales at one o'clock doesn't he he turned to lord harrowby the very man and in new york too jephson would insure T. roosevelt against another cup of coffee am i to understand asked harrowby that justin is the man for me to see exactly beamed mr thacker i'll have him here in fifteen minutes richard will you please call up his hotel and as mr minot reached for the telephone mr thacker added pleadingly of course i don't know the nature of your proposition no agreed lord harrowby politely discouraged mr thacker gave up however jeffson seems to have a gambling streak in him that odd risks appeal to he went on of course he's scientific all lloyd's risks are scientifically investigated but occasionally well jeffson insured sir christopher conway kcb against the arrival of twins in his family perhaps you recall the litigation that resulted when triplets put in their appearance i am sorry to say i do not said lord harrowby mr minot set down the telephone owen jeffson is on his way here in a taxi he announced good old jeffson mused mr thacker reminiscent why some of the man's risks are famous take that shopkeeper in the strand every day at noon the shadow of nelson's monument in Trafalgar square falls across his door twenty years ago he got to worrying for fear the statue would fall some day and smash his shop and every year since he has taken out a policy with jephson insuring him against that dreadful contingency i seem to have heard of that admitted harrowby with a ghost of a smile you must have only recently jephson wrote a policy for the dowager duchess of Tremaine." Insuring her against the unhappy event of a rainstorm spoiling the garden party she is shortly to give at her italian villa i understand a small fortune is involved then there is courtney giles leading man at the west end road theatre he fears obesity jephson has insured him should he become too plump for romeo rules lloyd's or rather jephson will owe him a large sum of money i am encouraged to hope remarked lord harrowby that mr jephson will listen to my proposition no doubt he will replied mr thacker i can't say definitely now if i knew the nature but when mr jephson walked into the office fifteen minutes later mr thacker was still lamentably ignorant of the nature of his title visitors business mr jepson was a small wiry man crowned by a vast acreage of bald head and with the immobile countenance sometimes lovingly known as a poker face one felt he could watch the rain pour in torrents on the dowager duchess courtney giles waist expand visibly before his eyes the statue of nelson totter and fall on his shopkeeper and never move a muscle of that face am delighted to meet your lordship said he to harrowby knew your father the earl very well at one time had business dealings with him often a man after my own heart always ready to take a risk i trust you left him well quite thank you lord harrowby answered although he will insist on playing polo at his age eighty-two it is a dangerous sport mr jephson smiled still taking chances he said a splendid old gentleman i understand that you lord harrowby have a proposition to make to me as an underwriter in lloyd's they sat down alas if mr burke who compiled the well-known peerage could have seen lord harrowby then what distress would have been his for a most unlordly flush again mantled that british cheek and nobleman was supremely rattled i will try and explain said his lordship gulping a plebeian gulp my affairs have been for some time in rather a chaotic state idleness the life of the town you gentlemen will understand naturally it has been suggested to me that i exchange my name and title for the millions of some american heiress i have always violently objected to any such plan i-i couldn't quite bring myself to do any such low trick as that and then a few months ago on the continent i met a girl he paused i'm not a clever chap really he went on i'm afraid i cannot describe her to you spirited charming he looked toward the youngest of the trio you at least understand he finished mr minot leaned back in his chair and smiled a most engaging smile perfectly he said thank you went on lord harrowby in all seriousness it was only incidental quite irrelevant that this young woman happened to be very wealthy i fell desperately in love i am still in that mm, pleasing state the young lady's name gentlemen is cynthia she is the daughter of spencer meyrick whose fortune has i believe been accumulated in oil mr thacker's eyebrows rose respectfully a week from next tuesday said lord harrowby solemnly at san marco on the east coast of florida this young woman and i are to be married and what asked owen jeffson is your proposition lord harrowby shifted nervously in his chair i say we are to be married he continued but are we that is the nightmare that haunts me A slip, my mm, creditor's coming down on me and far more important the dreadful agony of losing the dearest woman in the world what could happen mr jephson wanted to know did i say the young woman was vivacious inquired lord harrowby she is a thousand girls in one some untoward happening and she might change her mind in a flash silence within the room outside the roar of new york and the clatter of the inevitable riveting machine making its points relentlessly that said lord harrowby slowly is what i wish you to insure me against mr jepson you mean i mean the awful possibility of miss cynthia meyrick's changing her mind again silence save for the riveting machine outside and three men looking unbelievingly at one another of course his lordship went on hastily it is understood that i personally am very eager for this wedding to take place it is understood that in the interval before the ceremony i shall do all in my power to keep miss to her present intention. Should the marriage be abandoned because of any act of mine, I would be ready to forfeit all claims on Lloyd's. Mr. Thacker recovered his breath in his voice at once, at the same time. Preposterous, he snorted, begging your lordship's pardon. You cannot expect hard-headed businessmen to listen seriously to any such proposition as that. Tushery, sir, tushery. "'Speaking as the American representative of Lloyd's—' "'One moment,' interrupted Mr. Jefferson. "'In his eyes shone a queer light, "'a light such as one might expect to find "'in the eyes of Peter Pan, a boy who never grew up. "'One moment, please. "'What sum had you in mind, Lord Harrowby?' "'Well, say, one hundred thousand pounds,' "'suggested his lordship. "'I realize that my proposition is fantastic.' i really admitted as much but one hundred thousand pounds mr Jeffson repeated it thoughtfully i should have to charge your lordship a rather high rate as high as ten per cent lord harrowby seemed to be in the throes of mental arithmetic i am afraid he said finally i could not afford one hundred thousand at that rate but i could afford seventy-five thousand Would that be satisfactory, Mr Jeffson? Jeffson cried Mr Thacker wildly, are you mad? Do you realise? I realise everything, Thacker, said Jeffson calmly, I have your lordship's word that the young lady is at present determined on this alliance, and that you will do all in your power to keep her to her intention. You have my word, said Lord Harrowby if you should care to telegraph your word is sufficient said jephson mr minot will you be kind enough to bring me a policy blank see here jephson foamed thacker what if this thing should get into the newspapers we'd be the laughing stock of the business world it mustn't said jephson coolly it might roared thacker mr minot arrived with a blank policy and mr jephson sat down at the young man's desk one minute said thacker the faith of you two gentlemen in each other is touching but i take it the millennium is still a few years off he drew toward him a blank sheet of paper and wrote i want this thing done in a business-like way if it's to be done in my office he handed the sheet of paper to lord harrowby will you read that please he said certainly his lordship read i hereby agree that in the interval until my wedding with miss cynthia meyrick next tuesday week i will do all in my power to put through the match and that should the wedding be called off through any subsequent direct act of mine i will forfeit all claims on lloyd's will you sign that please requested mr thacker with pleasure "'His lordship reached for a pen. "'You and I, Richard,' said Mr. Thacker, "'will sign as witnesses. "'Now, Jephson, go ahead with your fool policy.' "'Mr. Jephson looked up thoughtfully. "'Shall I say, your lordship?' he asked. "'That if, two weeks from to-day, "'the wedding has not taken place, "'and has absolutely no prospect of taking place, "'I owe you seventy-five thousand pounds?' yes his lordship nodded provided of course i have not forfeited by reason of this agreement i shall write you a cheque mr jephson for a time there was no sound in the room save the scratching of two pens while mr thacker gazed open-mouthed at mr minot and mr minot light-heartedly smiled back then mr jephson reached for a blotter i shall attend to the london end of this when i reach there five days hence he said perhaps i can find another underwriter to share the risk with me the transaction was completed and his lordship rose to go i am at the plaza he said if any difficulty should arise but i sail tonight for san marco on the yacht of a friend he crossed over and took mr jephson's hand i can only hope with all my heart he finished feelingly that you never have to pay this policy we're with your lordship there said mr thacker sharply ah you have been very kind replied lord harrowby i wish you all good day and shivering no longer he went away in his fine fur coat as the door closed upon the nobleman mr thacker turned explosively Honest his friend from oversea, Jeffson. He thundered, "You're an idiot, a rank, unmitigated idiot." The Peter Pan light was bright in Jeffson's eyes. So new, he half whispered. So original. Bless the boy's heart. I've been waiting forty years for a proposition like that. Do you realize? Thacker cried, that seventy-five thousand pounds of your good money depends on the honor of Lord Harrowby? I do, returned Jefferson, and I would not be concerned if it were ten times that sum. I know the breed. Why, once, and you, Thacker, would have called me an idiot on that occasion, too. I insured his father against the loss of a polo game by a team on which the Earl was playing, and he played like the devil." the earl did won the game himself ah i know the breed oh well sighed thacker i won't argue but one thing is certain jeffson you can't go back to england now your place is in san marco with one hand on the rope that rings the wedding bells jeffson shook his great bald head no he said i must return to-day it is absolutely necessary my interests in san marco are in the hands of providence mr thacker walked the floor wildly providence needs help in handling a woman he protested miss meyrick must not change her mind someone must see that she doesn't if you can't go yourself he paused reflecting some young man active capable mr richard minot had risen from his chair and was moving softly toward his overcoat looking over his shoulder he beheld mr thacker's keen eyes upon him just going out to lunch he said guiltily sit down richard remarked mr thacker with decision mr minot sat the dread of something impending in his heart jeffson said mr thacker this boy here is the son of a man of whom i was very fond his father left him the means to squander his life on clubs and cocktails if he had chosen but he picked out a business career instead five years ago i took him into this office and he has repaid me by faithful even brilliant service i would trust him well well i'd trust him as far as you trust a member of your own peerage yes said mr jepson mr thacker wheeled dramatically and faced his young assistant Richard he ordered go to san marco and see to it that miss cynthia meyrick does not change her mind a gone feeling shot through mr minot in the vicinity of his stomach it was possible that he really needed that lunch yes sir he said faintly of course it's up to me to do anything you say if you insist i go but but what richard isn't it a rather big order women aren't they like an um april afternoon or something of that sort it seems to me i've read they were in books snorted mr thacker is your knowledge of the ways of women confined to books a close observer might have noted the ghost of a smile in mr minot's clear blue eyes in part it is he admitted and then again in part it isn't well put away your books my boy said mr thacker a nice instructive little vacation has fallen on you from heaven mad old jephson here must be saved from himself that wedding must take place positively rain or shine i trust you to see that it does richard mr minot rose and stepped over to his hat and coat i'm off for san marco he announced blithely his lips were firm but smiling the land of sunshine and flowers and orange blossoms or i know the reason why jephson trusts harrowby said mr thacker all very well but just the same if i were you i'd be aboard that yacht tonight when it leaves new york harbor invited or uninvited i must ask put in mr Jeffson, hurriedly that you do nothing to embarrass lord harrowby in any way no said thacker but keep an eye on him my boy a keen and busy eye i will agreed mr minot do i look like cupid gentlemen no ah it's the overcoat well i'll get rid of that in florida i'll say good-bye he shook hands with jeffson and with thacker good-bye richard said the latter i'm really fond of old jeffson here he's been my friend in need he mustn't lose i trust you my boy i won't disappoint you dick minot promised a look of seriousness flashed across his face miss cynthia meyrick changes her mind only over my dead body he paused for a second at the door and his eyes grew suddenly thoughtful i wonder what she's like he murmured then with a smile toward the two men left behind he went out and down that stenographer ported land to san marco End of chapter one.